0: Magnus Podcast, Episode Twenty One What is Theology? And welcome back to the Magnus Podcast a production of the Albertus Magnus Institute Incorporated. With your help, we are dedicated to liberating the liberal arts and seem to be off to a pretty good start. We just announced our first three courses coming up later this fall and open registration for those two our fellows. And pleased to announce they're pretty much full. I think there might be a couple spaces remaining in one of them being taught by Senior fellows, David Arias, Joseph Pierce, and Deal Hudson. And so very, very encouraged by the the outpouring of interest from our fellows. And it's always great to see that uh, body of fellows growing every day. Student fellows from all over the world, really. I think we're up to like nine countries. If you want to become one of them, you can do that at magnusinstitute.org. You can apply. It takes about three minutes to become a fellow and get access to all these great classes, each of which are live, interactive, and taught by somebody whose name you've probably heard before. So magnusinstitute.org to learn more. I do mean more. Of course, everything is free. It is as free as it is freeing. We'll never charge you. We're really rethinking the way higher education is being done. So if that's worth anything to you visit magnusinstitute.org. So on today's episode it's going to be a good one. We're bringing you a conversation. It's about 9 years old now. It was taped a while ago between Brian Long, who is now our operations manager, one of one of our founders at the Albertus Magnus Institute, and he's an undergraduate at the time of taping this. And he's speaking to one of his professors by the name of Father Owen Carroll. And Father Owen Carroll is not a name you have heard most likely, unless you're one of his students. He's prayed for many, many years to remain as hidden as he possibly can. Uh, though you haven't heard of him, no doubt you have heard of many of his students. They're all over the world doing, doing great things uh, in in all all kinds of places. So uh, there's been a lot of fruit from his teaching and he is a great great scholar. I'm not saying that in any in any sense of hyperbole or overestimation. Uh, anybody who knows him would tell you that and we're very grateful to be able to in these next few episodes of the podcast be bringing you something of an introduction to theology through the teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas and Father Owen Carroll, who's in discussion in this podcast episode with Brian Long, our good friend. Now, go easy on Brian. We, as we said, he taped this about nine years ago. And uh, when I told him I'd like to release this conversation for the podcast, he, he protested a bit, asked me if I could edit out some of his questions and uh, comments and I thought they were good questions. So so don't judge him too badly. If you'd like to make fun of him, though, you're you're welcome to. But I thought he did a great job. Uh and Father Carroll, as you're gonna see, he's just splendid. So this will be a first uh a first in a series of conversations we're gonna bring you with Father Owen Carroll. And this is, I thought, a good place to start. Is what is theology? What is sacred doctrine? As we see it in the Summa through the eyes of Saint Thomas Aquinas. For more visit magnusinstitute.org. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the great so, so Father, Father um, Oak.
1: How would we begin to with the 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 text of Saint Thomas demonstrate that sacred doctrine is a communication of God's own being, his own living act.
2: Identic- identical Ident- with his uh, essay.
1: I- that sacred doctrine is identical with God's own mm. essay.
2: <clears throat> well, again, then the basic reference would be to um, the. Uh, Question 1, Article 6, whether this doctrine be wisdom. And then right at the end of the body, uh, Aquinas says, however, sacred doctrine most properly determines God inasmuch as he is the highest cause. Um, And then there's a bit of a parenthesis, because... uh, Because not only is he, uh, uh, not only as to this, Ilud, that um, he is the highest cause, uh, which is uh, cognoscible through creatures, which the philosophers knew. As I said in uh, Romans, quod notam est dei manum, Manifestum est ilis, but here is the most important part. But sed but uh, also in as much um, um, as to that which is known to him, um, to him alone, sibi soli, de seipso, concerning himself and communicated to others through revelation. Uh, Prima Pars, Question 1, Article 6. However, sacred doctrine most properly determines concerning God inasmuch as he is the highest cause because he is not only known according to that which is cognoscible through creatures, which the philosophers knew. As is said in Romans 1, what is known of God is manifest to them. It should actually be in them, um, in the Greek. But here's the more important... Now, that's more or less talking about sacred doctrine as it has been communicated to us and we're making determinations as Aquinas is doing it in the whole Summa. Um, But a sacred doctrine uh, is also that uh, is also that in as much as Uh, to, it's uh, sorry, but it is also inasmuch as uh, that which is known, ad id quod notum est, sibi soli de se ipso. And so three emphatics, which is known, sibi, to himself. Solely to himself alone, de se concerning himself, et alias per revelationem and then uh, as communicated uh, to others through revelation. You see, that can't be talking about uh, sacred doctrine as it is in us. Because prior to it being in us communicated through revelation, the the sacred doctrine is quodnotam est sibi soli de se ipso. Or uh, as is said um, in another article um, that um, this would be Uh, question one or article two, the body to the uh, article two, whether sacred uh, doctrine be a science. And of course it is. And then it goes into uh, the question of various lights. Um, Now notice the example. Um, There are certain... Sciences, a certain genus of sciences, which proceed out of principles known by the natural uh, light of the intellect, um, which, uh, for instance, uh, arithmetic, geometry, and such. Now you see, the science is coming out of the principles. Or as he says in some place, um, the, all the science is um, uh, implicit in the principle. You know, you remember the long analysis we did with, uh, let's say, a triangle. Um, the, uh, from mm-hmm. the point comes a line you add another line, you've got an angle, you close that figure, and you've got a figure. Uh, and uh, so the um, the science of line and angle and closed figure all come out of point. <clears throat> so it would have to be the same as Sacred Doctrine. It has to come out of the principle. Then he says, but then there is another kind of science which... Um, Proceed out of principles known by the light of a superior science. And then uh, he gives the example as perspective proceeds out of principles made known through geometry. And music out of the principles known through arithmetic. And in this way, sacred doctrine is a science. Because it proceeds out of the principles known by the light of a superior science, which namely is the science of God and the blessed in the fullness of their beatitude, which I had. Um, Whence, just as music believes the principles, handed over to it from arithmetic. So sacred doctrine believes the principles revealed to it from God. Now
1: Now this is speaking of sacred doctrine.
2: As a science.
1: As a science and as it exists in us.
2: No, as it exists in God. Because you see, sacred doctrine is a science. um, uh, because it proceeds out of principles known through the light of the superior science.
1: So what do we call and the superior science of God and the Blessed? No,
2: that's the, then that would be the sacred doctrine. It would be God's knowledge, God's wisdom of a God's science of Himself, and imparted to others. That is the Blessed.
1: And we, but in the case of. Um, Music and arithmetic, we don't call the higher science arithmetic by the same name that we call no. the musician science. Sorry. But in the case of sacred doctrine, the science held in to the lesser degree, the the one that proceeds from principles given to it, we call sacred doctrine, and then the the larger science. Uh, or than the, the greater science we call by the same name no. <clears throat>
2: um, Just uh, in question one, article three answer to the second objection. Um, now the the um, no, and he's, I'm going to start the second last uh, sentence. And similarly, those which are treated in the diverse philosophical science, um, sacred doctrine can, existing as one, um, consider uh, under one ratio, inasmuch as uh, the, these are um, divinely revealables revealables uh, and now and uh, thus sacred doctrine is as it were a certain impression of the divine science uh, which is one and simple science of all beings now he might have added in a, a phrase there quedam uh, impressio divini scientiae in nobis it's an impression in us but uh the uh, um, it's a seal in us, uh, and I think that's important uh, particularly in relation to the uh, holy spirit it's a um, just as the the word is the um, Full living expression of the Father, the Father's knowledge of uh, himself and all of his divinity. That um, there, it's also spoken of uh, that he is the image. So the it's uh, again an action, this impression in us. Communication, um, maybe even infusion in us of God's very knowledge concerning Himself.
1: So you and, see, and everything, and everything, and concerning everything, all yes, things. Yes. Because it re, uh,
2: in some other places, the phrase would be where He knows Himself, all His divine perfections infinite divine perfections and um, and, and knowing Christ in and through whom all things are made that um, then all, everything that God knows and loves is within this um, knowledge which he speaks as his word You see, the sacred knowledge then is also it. It goes right into the very trinitarian processions.
1: This this doesn't, or maybe it doesn't. I just I can't see it yet. Answer the question of how it is that, or or at, at least it's it's not clear to me yet how in the text of St. Thomas the higher science the science of God and the blessed is one and the same as the sacred science which is established on the principles revealed by God in us that, that, that these are both what Thomas would call Sacred doctrine, uh, as opposed to the to the analogy whereby the, or particularly in, the, in Article Two, where the we we don't call both the musician and the mathematician by one and the same science.
2: No, by the one and the same name.
1: by oh, one and the same name. Yeah. But you would say they are the same science.
2: Uh, the, you see, the science is the development of the principles. The uh, principles pre-contain all the science. And what the uh, musician takes from um, arithmetic for his purposes in and uh, developing this kind of matter. Has to have, since it's the same principles, which in the, the arithmetician develops this way, and the uh, ma, the musician takes some of that for his work in music. It has to be the same principles. It doesn't mean that uh, they're co adequate to each other. That is of the same extension and developing the same points the identity of the principles uh, has to be the same though the development is going to be different in arithmetic uh, and in music you see Aquinas says someplace that sacred doctrine um, which is obtained through study that is a sacred doctrine as it is in us and the way that Aquinas is writing it out and the way we're trying to get into it to understand it. Uh, That's not part of God's (laughs) struggle. Uh But the principles that are actuating the science in us...
1: Just just as color isn't... um, In the same way that, that color... Would not be.
2: Now you see with I, I lost the that um, So that would be quest, the body of question uh,
1: three, article, article, article three. three, article three of question one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um uh, take a look at the um, answer the said contra, but um, that which sacred doctrine uh, uh, sacred doctrine speaks of these matters um, um, as of one science, uh, as is said, for it is said in wisdom, uh, he gave to them the science of the
1: saints is that he says sacred doctrine speaks of it as one science or, no, it's or sacred holy, scripture sacred scripture mm.
0: Mm. Um.
2: Now you see how the 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 object that is determining the habit, um, according to its formal object, brings diverse beings into a unity of understanding, as man and uh, ass and stone convene in one formal um, ratio of. Uh, which is the object of vision, because theref- therefore, because sacred doctrine considers, the sacred scripture considers all, inasmuch as they are divinely revealed, um, as was said, uh, whatsoever that um, communicate in the, uh, which, uh, whatsoever is divinely revealable. Communicates in the one formal, one ratio, the formal object of this science. Therefore, all of these matters, morals and whatever, uh, in the objections, um, are comprehended under sacred doctrine as under one science. Now, notice how he's going very easily from sacred scripture to sacred doctrine and back. (coughs) uh, let's look at article 4 yes in the body of the article Um, now where is it Uh, ah yes A sacred doctrine, existing as one, extends itself to those which uh, pertain to the diverse philosophical science because the formal ratio uh, which is uh, paid attention to in these diverse sciences, uh, namely, this would be the formal ratio, namely, inasmuch as they are knowable by the divine light, um, uh, then the um, and the, though in the um, philosophical science some are speculative and others are practical, nevertheless, sacred doctrine comprehends both the speculative and the practical under itself as um, indeed God by the same science knows himself and those which he makes which he made and one can say which he knows and loves oh. and now all of this then heads more strongly towards uh, that sacred doctrine is more speculative and practical because it more principally uh, acts about uh, divine things rather than human acts. Um, But concerning these human acts it uh, is concerned about how these order, uh, how man is ordered through these, to the perfect knowledge of God, in which divine, eternal beatitude
1: consists. So the, this perfect knowledge of God, i we to understand that in perfect knowledge and in, in beatitude, there will. We will know God as we will know as God knows. We will know him as he knows himself. Yes. And we will know ourselves as he knows us. As he knows us. And we will know his creation as he knows it.
2: As he knows it. And we will love creation as he He loves it. He loves it. Now, again, those passages that I can't remember where they are in Paul, that uh, I will know God, or rather be known by Him, so that then when I, Paul, know myself, I'll be knowing myself by God's very knowledge of me. And maybe it would be important to find those texts of Paul for your defense.
1: Okay. Um, now, this, this opens up... Um the, the, the body of the article in Article 4 opens up the, the next question. If I, right, well, oh, well no, let's wait, wait you want on that. Okay. Uh,
2: you see, when Aquinas is uh, very much the the doctor of Catholic truth who's writing a book for beginners.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So he figures once you get this level of understanding, then you can go from. Well, in fact, In Paul's terms, we would be going from faith to, and I'm slanting the arrow upward, epignosis. Epignosis is um, a deeper, more realized um, knowledge of the faith. This is never really
1: Paul used this term? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, time and time again. Um, hmm. Okay, where might I look? Where, where might I want to look? Uh, well, I'll, I'll get my okay. Uh,
2: um, concordance. I'm okay. To look some of these up. Um, the um, So now you see the... Um, sacred doctrine is God's knowledge of himself and the blessed well even before that uh, sacred doctrine is god's knowledge sibi de sayso and communicated to others let's say the those who become the blessed with him in the beatitude and uh, then communicated to uh, even the fallen angels and to us so sacred doctrine then is God's very knowledge of his own essay and everything that he uh, knows, makes and loves and that is participated in us. So sacred doctrine is God's very knowledge of himself and all of that and all that that implies, as it is in us.
1: say that last.
2: All knowledge is received according to the mode of the receiving. Yes. So sacred doctrine is God's very knowledge of himself that as it is in us as it is God's very knowledge of himself as it is in us.
1: That, as it is in us. That's, that's why it Makes use of argument
2: and that, or rationalization. Yes. So,
1: all not the... because there's rationalization there's in the divine being, the divine essay, but
2: because there's no matter.
1: Because there's no matter there, but precise. But it's because this divine knowledge is we are participating in it by having it come into being that are very intelligence
2: yes and all the further acts that that implies of our intelligence so uh, as with an object of sense knowledge the color the colored things beings <clears throat> um Let's say this is uh, the human eye (laughs) and then this is the rest of us. We're the knower of the uh, the object. Let's see, follow upstairs. Um, So let's say this is a tree Mm -hmm. with all of its colors. Yes. Different... Branches and everything about it, and it comes to our potency of knowing. So there's that first aspect, and I'll put the potency here in the, by the eye of uh, the, pot- but it actuates it, actuates the potency of the uh, faculty of vision. How does it actuate it? In the actuation, it's specified to the the very way of being of the tree with these colors and branches and all the many, many uh, different aspects of it. So the, the potency is actuated and in the very actuation it is of being specified. It's one act. But uh, in some ways, you see, the actuation is to speak to the to be, and the specifying is uh, looking at, let's say, the essence or nature or whatever term one wants to use there. But with the, the tree... Actuating the potency of vision and specifying it in and through the very same act. Um, it is making the potency in now in its act to be like the tree. And that is to be like the tree means that it has been finalized. The action of the faculty of vision is now to be like the tree and nothing but the tree in and through that actuation.
1: <clears throat> but there remains the the difference between... The,
2: uh, well... Uh, some people make an objection that a lot of the, these things that, for instance, that the um, the faculty of uh, vision in knowing the tree becomes the tree, they uh, have a rather simplistic notion that that wipes out the difference then between the eye and the tree. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, uh, one has to un- see and understand that uh, the... The tree impressing itself in the eye um, makes the eye to be more actually an eye. It makes it to be in the act of eyeing. That's um, okay, okay, the word, uh, the technical word. The tree impresses itself into the faculty of vision. The queden impressio divini and in nobis. You say it. But that implies a bit
1: like that, God's knowledge. That that just as the tree has impressed itself into actuating. the eye and thus actuating it, so God, the sacred doctor, impresses he he impresses yeah. his own very living yeah. act yeah. in our intellect, in the created intellect, yeah. thus Actuating and specifying and finalizing and finalizing
2: to be more like him
1: to be more like him. him.
2: Now there's uh, there's the the word to our previous problem. God's uh, not the, the sacred doctor. Yes, he's the sacred doctor. But how can he be the sacred doctor unless he has a sacred doctrine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you
2: see the, impre- the importance so, of
1: so the, be- the beatific vision
2: is God's very beatitude concerning himself impressed into us, actuating us into his beatitude and in that one act of uh, but, yeah, but, uh, specifying and finalizing
1: us okay, now what what if one were to say that the the, the the difference between knowing and loving the difference between knowing and loving is that in knowing we possess the being known in our intellect without becoming the being what that?
2: no, 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 no. okay what time is it
1: about stop eight thirty
2: we here the in a sense uh, we've got the efficient cause actuates specifying cause the formal cause the finalizing final cause all involved in this that will be true any act of knowing sensible or intellectual uh, <clears throat> Um, I want to say something further about that, but that—that's all in one act. Now, there's a further question. You see, the where is the act coming from? It's coming from the tree. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So it also is uh, um,
1: the knower as knower is passive. Um, receptive. Re- that's receptive better. yes, yes,
2: It's receptive. People usually say passive, but I think receptive is the better word. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see, uh, sacred, the sacred. But,
1: but to say that, but to say that that knowledge is re- receptive, is not to say that there is no activity between the knower and what is known. Mm-hmm.
2: No, and it doesn't wipe out the difference. On the contrary, it makes the difference in the union of knowledge um, already uh, that they're they're one and differing. the uh, uh, there's a phrase from uh, Newman um, I forget now if it's uh, a living passivity that doesn't sound too good for Newman uh, but he talks about a, a living receptivity I think it is uh, so that uh, with this word passive that we're sort of puppets and things like that right. but now you see how All of this actuation, uh, as it goes through and actuates all our uh, intellectual apprehension of, uh, let's say, the tree, then uh, uh, causes our intellect to go into further acts about the tree. Now you see, so we would call these ratiocinations. We're well, going to have to get another word. That's too long. It's not very English either.
1: Uh, I like it.
2: Yes? Okay, we'll use it. Um, but it's sort of wasting time. <laughs> um, you see, these other acts that would come out of this uh, first actuation, they're being actuated through this first actuation so it isn't just thinking about or at a distance or it's just being taken because of the ra- all of the Rasyasa nations would be developing what is given in the first actuation particularly under the aspects of the specification of the f- with the f- following the finalization that's where Amor comes in
1: Say so insist on. You know, no, I'm not going go to. Later. Part. Okay. But
2: you see, first of all, all of these acts have to be um, of the the same quality as the specification, and uh, they can't be divorced from. So it's not just thinking about. Um, and in some ways, they're not our acts. In some ways, it's the tree in us is making itself more explicitly known Mm -hmm. Uh, so that the the question of let's say various uh, virtues um,
1: it's making itself known to us according and it's according to our nature According. the tree isn't doing rationizations it's, the, the rationi- it's actuating rationalization in, in, in us, us. Yes.
2: Mm. and in actuating these rationalizations in us uh, it's making us to be more like it mm. and um, the uh, no, the point escapes me um but becoming, I guess, it's making us more beingful. That is more actuated. more essay. And that's why the perfection of the first essay is found in the operation, so as to have this this second uh, essay. But <clears throat> I'll go into that. The um, but you see, the, uh, on that sort of same point, the, um, uh, one of my professors used to insist on this quite a bit. He wasn't all that good a teacher, but he was comprehensive. Um, the, uh, the more we would know here, the more we would know in beatitude. Uh, uh, Now, I think that's particularly exemplified in our love of neighbor, which means we have to know our neighbor. So we have to know our neighbor as we know ourselves in order to love them as we love ourselves. So that when we get into the society of the blessed, all the greater beatitude. But here the tree actuating us through the faculty of sight and through our intellect, we're becoming more fully being, more beingful. And that is of extreme importance. So, the sacred doctrine doctor actuating us by mode of revelation uh, is giving us specific knowledge sibi soli de seipso, and finalizing us this question of moving from imperfect beatitude to perfect beatitude to be more and more like him, that we will be more fully ourselves in being more like him. Uh, that's St. John again. Um, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. You see the coherency of understanding. I've never, you know, I don't find that in Buddhism or in Hinduism, or, I don't find it anywhere other than in the church. Uh, um, uh, you have a second part to the question
1: um, the
2: well while you're figuring that I'm just going to say again the tree impressing and actuating us is like this this is like the sacred doctor through corporeal beings Actuating us to be more and more like the tree and him that's the Catholic tradition not to become leaders should have been servants. I wouldn't have made a good leader. Irish impatience and irritation. Uh, We may have answered your second question.
1: Well, um, I say that um, if you would say that. I say the distinction between knowing and loving.
2: Oh, yes. knowing is
1: possessing the being known in our intellect as other in ourselves. Love, on the other hand, is possession of the being. In the being's own self. Um, yeah, and, uh, roughly, uh, roughly. Um, to, to say that in the beatific vision we come to see God as He is, um, are. Have we not, in di- in dissolving the distinction, have we not dissolved the distinction between the knower and the known, hmm. um, by making desire the basis of the beatific vision?
2: Well, uh, um, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, prima Secundae day um question twenty eight article one body i respond saying that there is a, a twofold union of the lover to the beloved uh, oh it won't be in there we're concerned with um whether n- uh, knowledge and or love, wipes out the difference between the beings, whether union dissolves um, um, difference. But, you know, just uh, right then and there, one can understand immediately that this is not a Catholic question because of the Blessed Trinity. The supreme union of one act of being with three quite different we say persons but you know that in the um, commentary on the sentences um, of um, Aquinas' uh, he's going through some way of naming the Blessed Trinity and he quotes without disagreeing I think uh, three um a way that I think was amongst the Greeks, I haven't looked at it for 40 years, 50 years, um, that one formulation was, for the Blessed Trinity, three substances in one substance. Now, nowadays, have you said that to the average theologian, I'd, no, 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 you can't say that. But you see, what they would have been understanding is that uh, it would be a question of the supposition of the terms, not the terms themselves, substance, but what the term is, the being that the, uh, or the reality that the term is pointing to, the supposition, what is supposed under the term. So it would be three substances that would be referring to what we call the persons and the one substance would be the divine substance. But you see, the Father is entirely the divine substance. The Son is entirely the divine substance and so is the Holy Spirit entirely the whole substance. Or this Uh, very, very badly developed notion of the uh, appropriations of the various divine attributes of God to God. And is this more appropriate to this person than to that person? And uh, they've just turned it into a question of terms. And Aquinas says we use Uh, we appropriate uh, a divine perfection, Uh, let's say wisdom, in order to know a person better. So what he's implying is we already know that which we call the person. And so when we use an appropriation that their wisdom or goodness or power or whatever, it's in order to Know this person more fully. The appropriations always end up as well, this is just a human way of talking, and uh, there's really no supposition behind it. But that's the way the the Hindus are to what they call uh, uh, Aman or Brahman. Uh, Totally indeterminate. There's a marvelous Corrective in the catechism about appropriations. I haven't seen anybody commenting on it, but I haven't been looking at um, There are two unions of the lover to the beloved. <clears throat> now, notice he's concerned with uh, uh, love.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, he's not saying anything explicit about knowledge as already a form of union, isn't it? Given what we've said about the tree and the eye and the mind. It is a union. Mm -hmm. And I remember one professor in theology, uh, I never had him, uh, but um, I remember someone repeating, he was so insistent that knowledge was already a form of possession and uh, I heard that when I was about twenty and uh, sixty years later I'd say yes yes it's so <clears throat> so we're concerned with the um, the lover beloved bond mm-hmm. one is according secundum ren
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> That is,
2: inasmuch as the beloved is present to the lover. The other is according to affect. Um, Now, this was the important point. Which indeed, which union indeed is to be considered uh, from out of the preceding apprehension? Uh, for the um, appetitive motives follows apprehension, and that refers us back to um, question twenty-seven, article two, um, and the um, um, so we look mm-hmm, at it. Mm-hmm. The good is the cause of love through mode of the object. Good is the cause of love through mode of the object. Now you see, we can save the tree that it is the object. And Aquinas uses that somewhat. But more uh, formally speaking, the object is the presence of the tree actuating the eye, the faculty of vision, and actuating our mind. Um, the good, however, is not the object of the appetite unless inasmuch as it is apprehended. You see the tendency to separate knowing and loving that goes on all the time that's very Scotian and it goes all the way through the idealists and uh, um, it's in the it's in the whole atmosphere of the world now Aquinas uh, doesn't quote it here um but he quotes uh, Aristotle in a couple of places and uh, that is that uh, the uh, the uh, voluntas est in ratione that is the, the, the uh, what we would call the will is in the reason I don't like that last phrase <coughs> But with Scotus, these were split off and opposed to each other. Now you see how tightly he's binding together um, the um, the love and apprehension. Uh, That's (sighs) <sighs> Do you ever sniff um, vape, Vicks vapor rub? You want to? Uh, yeah. Oh, the tree! The tree impresses itself in us. So the object is not just the tree in its corporeal mode of being. Oh, just hold it there for a while. Uh, um, the, the, the truest aspect of object is is the presence of the tree to the faculty of vision through its actuation and specification and finalization. <clears throat> so the, the object is the tree as it is in the faculty of knowing, as the act of the uh, uh, faculty of knowing and desiring. Shall I repeat that? or
1: This particularly on um, the desiring. That's
2: oh, well, we'll go into that. Uh, that's, the, um, in a sense, it's exemplifying what Aquinas uh, says in uh, another place. The um, speculative knowledge becomes practical knowledge through extension. That is, in being applied to things to be made or to be done or whatever.
1: We saw that in the, in the, the articles from question yes. one that we looked at.
2: Yeah. Okay. You see, they're not separate. There isn't the critique of pure reason and then the critique of practical reason. You see, what was implicit in the nominalists can't uh, really separate, and opposes. Uh, but here it's always the greater the union, the greater the uh, actuation of the one that is being actuated to be more themselves more fully themselves uh, <clears throat> um, therefore uh, love um, requires some apprehension of good which would be loved um, uh, and therefore the philosopher says in the ninth book of the Ethics that the corporeal vision is the principle of sensitive love now if the um, um, if the corporeal vision is the principle of love somehow love has to be present in the apprehension but uh, how um, how present is uh, I think what we would have to say but uh, it's not pre- presented as actuated love but uh, love in principle love in the principle which is the apprehension that's why, for Aquinas, a beatitude is intellectual and not this uh, Scotian love or uh, whatever they want to make it these days. Yes. Sentimentalize it. Um, and uh, simil- similarly... The spiritual contemplation of beauty and of goodness is the principle of spiritual love. So somehow in the knowing there is already um, the love but not as uh, actuated, moving Developing now, you see how
1: Hold on one second.
2: knowledge is the fountain of love, and uh, you see that's why Aquinas would be so insistent that the Holy Spirit um, proceeds from the mutual the mutuality of the Father and the Son. So the Father knowing the Son and the Son knowing the Father, out of that mutuality comes the Holy Spirit, who is then the nexus, the bond. This is question of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Well, I only really know of one modern commenter who... Mm really does a good job. and was a Jesuit from Montreal by the name of Barusa. Uh, And he wrote a number of articles in French. Um, And thus, knowledge is the cause of love. Now you see, it's such a strong statement. But the cause pre-contains all the perfection of the effect. So all this stuff, you know, you find it in, but you don't find it in Father Bouye, he is sufficiently a sardonic Frenchman not to be taken into all of this lovey-dovey stuff. Uh-huh. But you find it even in uh, you know uh, somewhat exaggerated foreman's uh, Val Balthasar and others uh, Hollywood is not a principle of theology uh, because knowledge is the cause of love Um, um Well, because nothing can be loved unless it is known. And that's usually what people insist on. They never really will talk about this. Unless it's known, it can't be loved. But they'll never say that the knowledge is the cause of the love. Now, the, uh, one of the very important things to uh, begin to see with the Secunda Secunda is that when uh, Aquinas is talking about uh, cognition, he's talking about going out to the known being. So there is that directionality. Um, no, sorry, it's the other way around. Uh, that it, when there is love, it's going out to the known being. Um, c- cognition is going from the known being into cognition those two directions he refers to that time and time and time again he isn't doing it here now we were um, um, uh, in, in Article 3 of 27, the question is whether the similitude is the cause of love. Now look, when we were talking about here, the presence of the corporeal tree, incorporeally, immaterially, in the faculty of knowing and in the intellect, that both are in the act in specification and finalization. The tree is finalized itself. Um, The the similitude is this sort of identity in being. Um, Now, people generally understand the word similitude as, you know, a likeness back and forth of that. But you see, in the dogmatic, in the metaphysically dogmatic understanding, it's uh, an already given union in being. Then there is the inclination, the movement towards fuller possession, and
1: the, and the inclination in being. This is given. By love,
2: no. That is that love. is
1: love. Yeah. This is, okay. That that is love. Yeah. And that and that. This particular point is what's going on in the reply to objection two of Article Two of Question Twenty Seven.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It the well, it fits. Yes. Um, said, I more in vi appetitiva, but the love is in the appetitive power. power, strength, which looks to the uh, being, the ends, in as much as it is in itself. It's to be, in some ways, more and more uh, present to it.
1: Then he goes on further. Hence, for perfection in the case of love, it is sufficient that a thing be loved, or that a being be loved, insofar as it is apprehended in itself. Thus, the reason why it it is possible for a thing, a being, to be loved more than it is known... Yes, the
2: plus is important.
1: ...is that it can be loved perfectly, even if it is not known Perfectly,
2: what we were talking about the last time.
1: Okay,
2: but you see, the knowledge here, the knowledge is never uh, sort of going out beyond the knowing. Okay. it's the the appetitive power, um, or intellectual appetite, or the inclination um, is going out, uh, but it can never leave what it already knows. What a, so it's desiring to know what it already knows, but desiring to know it more fully
1: so as Maritan says in the preface to metaphysics um metaphysics, as distinct from the human sciences or what we might call the even the hard sciences is the, is as the distinction of a problem and a mystery yeah the The knowing of in in matters uh, which are concerned with problems, the knowing is had by replacement development in yeah. terms of replacement oh. whereas in in knowing which involve um, which is had of a mystery, which is wisdom, the intellect is always sounding more deeply. The same depth.
2: The same depth. Yeah. Yeah. He, now, he took that uh, mystery problem mm-hmm. from Gabriel Marcel. And uh, the, I think without sufficiently explaining it, uh, in using the word mystery, it meant you're sort of there was some sort of foggy thing out there, mm-hmm. that you were sort of at a distance to. But that is not what Aquinas is talking about. It's because there's already a form of union called knowing, uh, actuation in being like the other, uh, in the sense being the other, <clears throat> that um, one can desire within that knowing to know more fully. I think that's the important phrase. To desire to know more fully what is already known, so you're not going outside the range of whatever the knowledge is. You're penetrating into the same depth or height or however you want.
1: It is. Every spatial metaphor fails. Fails
2: utterly. It uh, yes. it uh, lowers it down and it uh, returns back to the level of imagination. Sorry and uh, sense knowledge. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> um, w- uh, I was trying to say earlier that one of my professors would always insist, uh, the one who was not that good a teacher, he could cover the textbook and very, very competent. Uh, but uh, uh, God bless him. Uh, the um, You see our knowing of the tree or of the pencil or book or whatever raises it from just its corporeal level to a higher mode of being. And that is in being known, it's a higher way of being than just being itself corporeally. So whether it's in sense knowledge or intellectual knowledge, we're raising it up into a higher level. And he was also insistent then that that way of knowing, uh, where we raise all creation in as much as we know it and love it. He never spoke of love actually. Uh, uh, we would take that into beatitude with us. He was very much insistent that um, everything we know here, and the more we know it, the greater beatitude. None of the other professors really talked that way. They, they wouldn't have disagreed with him, but they uh, never talked that way. I think he was right. Mm. Um, but now we're looking at that second... Uh, uh, oh, whether the similitude is the cause of knowledge. And I respond saying, this is Article 3... That the similitude, properly speaking, is the cause of love. So then, even in sense knowledge, there is what he calls sensitive love. Uh-huh. But uh, as he says, in, I think, in the De Veritate, uh, God is known implicitly in every act. Of sensitive knowing, most theologians nowadays wouldn't go near that <clears throat> but you know it 's the uh, what we were talking about the last time the fire burning the wood into ashes there's sense knowledge, and God is implicitly known in that, and the first way brings it out explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. maybe enough yes let's take up the example of a seed let's say it's a grape seed and um, it's in uh, it's under the ground and there are all the proper growing conditions now in fact I think it's a worthwhile study in itself but certainly can be used by sacred doctrine um, from biology there are all kinds of pictures there are films on this Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you've seen any uh, let's say a film um They'll show a seed in earth and everything of that sort. And when it starts growing, the seed happens to be upside down so that the first shoot will come out of the top and then it will bend itself to go down into the earth. Have you seen that at all?
1: I have seen this in seeds. I
2: think that is so significant. In
1: what way?
2: Well, that's what I wanted to go into. Okay. Okay. Uh, So we've got a seed that was upside down, and it puts out its first shoot, or root, rather, and it turns and it goes down into the earth. talk about finality in nature. Uh, Because why is it, well, here's another seed, and it's the right way, so it goes its first... uh, Root goes down into the earth, or if it's on its side, it'll go down into the earth. Why does it go down into the earth? Let's say the earth is moist.
1: Enough. Well, that well, that's where the water will be, or the that, water
2: and in the water,
1: it's life. Well, in the water,
2: that you see the root will be going past all the. The bits of earth. That's
1: what will perfect it. It's good.
2: Jumping too quickly. Okay. Why is the root going downward? Well, maybe you can go and get some biology. It only takes a few minutes to see it. In pushing through the earth, uh, the, and the moist earth and that, it is getting the nutrients not just the water; it's getting all the minerals it needs, and it's through some of the rubbing action. Mm-hmm. This is a scientist, yes, yes. and then it absorbs those. So, in order to nourish itself, mm-hmm. and now why is it going to nourish itself?
1: To grow itself.
2: Yes, to grow itself. And how is it going to grow itself? The next stage is that the seed puts out a shoot. Uh And then more roots, lateral roots. And so it's getting more of the the moist minerals Uh absorbed into its being. So it's converting them from non-living to living by the intersusception of mm-hmm. all of those so it puts out its root in order to nourish itself or grow itself uh, in order to put out a shoot and more roots more shoots and so it, it grows a stalk and then the stalk starts putting out uh, lateral uh, twigs I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then uh, why is it putting out these lateral uh, twigs with their leaves?
1: To, to draw further nutrients from, from a second source, from the sun.
2: From the sun and the air. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, then it will continue gr- in nourishing itself, it's growing itself. And uh, in growing itself... It will come to a certain perfection of its growth where it will flower and then in the proper way to it it will then become let's say a fruit. So why is it putting out its first root?
1: To to ultimately grow itself.
2: Uh, to grow itself as yeah. fruit as fruit, mm. so in rooting itself, it's beginning to fruition so it's uh, it's organic it's okay. uh, all the different activities are for the same purpose mm. now mm, the putting out of the root is in order to or we might even say in view of the fruit is to reproduce itself in further seed <clears throat> now we can say why is it putting out a root in order to nourish itself why is it nourishing itself in order to put out the shoots why is it putting out the shoots in order to have the stalk why is it putting out the stalk in order to have the, the branches and uh, uh, why is it putting out the branches in order to uh, 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 flower uh, and then uh, bear bear itself as fruit reproduce itself as fruit in the seed that is contained there. but now notice it's one aspect for the sake of another aspect now on a descriptive level it's many this is in view of that but there would be another way of saying the whole thing it's in order to be it's it's doing all of these uh, actions and operations and transforming itself in so many different ways, or manifesting itself in so many different ways, in order to be itself as fully as it can be. Shall I repeat that? To be itself as fully as it it can be. be, that is its good of being that's what's central Uh, to uh, be itself as fully as it can be is this movement towards perfection of itself to be itself as fully as it can be That, that is its being as good you see how the transcendental being and good are being <laughs> right, uh, but the uh, the the good is bringing out an aspect, uh, an intellectual aspect that uh, the uh, doesn't express, for instance, its beauty or its truth. Uh, now, uh, this is the same as. Uh, the tree actuating the uh, the eye and the human mind and the human mind going through the ratiocinations to be itself as fully as it can be tree and with the tree now uh, in some ways you have to come back to this all the time Mm -hmm. this is article 5 the prima second, uh, prima
1: of question 1 question question
2: 5 of the prima parts
0: This has been a production of the Albertus Magnus Institute Incorporated, all rights reserved, copyright 2020. For more, visit magnusinstitute.org. See you next time.